set up right now. Welcome to the Sedition Papers with Mike Shaner, episode four. I'm uh, outside today. It's kind of cold as fuck. I don't know what the temperature is. It's cold, you know. And uh, I love it. I love it. Got a lot to talk about. Hope everybody's rocking and rolling. So, a few things I want to talk about today. I want to give uh, my opinion on the vaccine mandates and private companies. It's, uh, for some reason, a very divisive point amongst libertarians. Doesn't seem to be something that should really be that divided, but I get it's a little more complex than um, than just straight up private property. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about the defund the police movement, which also, for some reason, is a very divisive topic amongst libertarians. Um, doesn't seem like it should be divisive, but hell, yeah, people have their opinions. I'm gonna get mine. Want to uh, talk about the governor of Alabama stealing money from? COVID relief funds and using it to build prisons to that surely she'll need to fill up. If I have time, I'll get into a little bit of the post-libertarianism movement. And, um, but I want to start, I want to start by, oh, another thing that's divisive amongst libertarians, and God knows why, well, I do know why, is Ron DeSantis. And I'm going to talk about him as well. Um, that's going to all tie into the defund the police and all that. But I want to start with my story in court the other day, about a week ago. So I never plead guilty, no matter what. You get a speeding ticket, what, I don't plead guilty. I don't, I don't believe in victimless crimes, and I certainly don't believe in giving them my money. And I think if they're going to take my money, they're going to have to um, have to work for it. And if everybody did that, it would crowd the system and they would quit fucking with people. But... Most people just want to get out, give them their money, go away. And so they raise revenue. And at this courthouse I went to, it used to be a little in a little church. They now have a multi-million dollar, this huge complex where for them to, you know, um, for them to run their militarized police. This is a city, Alabaster. It's a suburb of Birmingham, Alabama. And it's a city of, my God, maybe 10 square miles. And, um, the amount of police that they have is, and the money spent on infrastructure and the police equipment that they have is ungodly. It is um, what it must cost to run that city just to build this new, beautiful new building that, you know, is going to be used to steal from people and cage people and whatever. So um, anyway, I got a ticket for texting while driving. I'm not going to tell you if I was guilty or not guilty. That's not the point. Um, I'm going to let you decide what you would have done if you were the judge. And think about it this way also. Remember that legally I'm supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And the defense, the state, in this case the city of Alabaster, they're supposed to um, prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt. Beyond a reasonable doubt. So first I went to court told him I was going to plead guilty. Sent me back to talk to the DA, this Afro head. Um, a real little skinny hipster dude with a, I don't know, the only importance I'm certain that he gets out of life. Like the 
his whole reason for living is so that he can exert an amount of authority over poor people that go into that courthouse. I know he gets off on it because you can tell just by being across the table from him that he is, uh, he's been made mostly irrelevant his entire life. He's probably been bullied and I probably feel sorry for his life, but now he's, that's the definition of evil. He's, he's exacting revenge on the world. Not me. I'm, it cost me $200 at worst. Um, but he gets, you know, you can just tell the guy, the type. So he says, why do you think you get to plead not guilty for texting while driving? I said, why do I get to? You know? And uh, I said, well, because I'm, I'm not guilty. And he um, said, so tell me what happened. And so I told him a little story. And he said, okay, if what you say happened, happened, that'll be um, evident by the, on the police video. And I said, okay. And he said, uh, I want to postpone this for a month. Give me time to look at the video and come back. So, okay, so I wait a month. I come back in, and they are the most corrupt and inept, incompetent bunch of. It, it, I've never. I've been to court a lot, a lot in my life. I've broken many laws, and um, I've never seen such an incompetent going on. And um, like they would, there were twenty people there that day. I got nine o'clock that morning. I got there. It was 6 o'clock that evening when I got out to talk to 20 people. They talked to one person, send that one person to somebody else, the judge, and three people would sit up on the bench and not do a damn thing. For 30, 40 minutes, an hour at a time, we would all just be sitting there looking at each other. The judge and the uh, bailiff would be up there talking about hunting or some shit. And anyway, time goes on. Time goes on, and um, finally, late that evening, the... DA calls me back, and he says, uh, so you still want to plead not guilty? I said, yeah. He said, okay, we're going to go to trial. I said, did you watch the video? He said, yeah, that's what, he said, yeah, that's what convinced me. I said, okay. What he was saying was, the cop pulled me over for swerving, and uh, the cop said, you know why I pulled you over? I said, because I was on the phone. I'd already told the DA this a month earlier. And, uh, I guess he forgot, you know, he forgot the rest of the story. So anyway, um, we get in there. He says, uh, he pulls the cop up and he asks the cop a few questions. How long have you been a cop? You know, what happened that day? The cop says he swerved. I pulled him over. And uh, he said, asked him if he knew why I was pulling him over. He said, because he was on the phone. I wrote him a ticket for texting while driving. Then he says, no further questions. Well, before that, he asked, he wanted to introduce the video into evidence, stating what I had already said happened, happened. I said, I'll stipulate the evidence. He thought I'm just some dumb country boy. And it's a very simple word. I just said stipulate the evidence. I've been to court enough times to see him stipulate the evidence. I know there was no point going through the charade. When I said I'll stipulate, he looked like I punched him in the stomach. His eyes got so big. His eyes got so big, and he looked like... Um, like, oh, I'm in for a fight. It was weird. It was just a psychological thing. He thought he had some idiot. He'd just be able to, I don't know, what railroad. So anyway, um, I stipulated the evidence. He asked the cop, you know, what happened. The cop told him what happened. Now it's my turn to ask the cop. I said, uh, the day you pulled me over, did I do anything? Was I unruly? He said, no. I said, was I, did I seem like an honest and forthright person to you? He said, yeah, you were, you were very cooperative. I said, okay. I said, um. Is there any reason 
in the state of Alabama where it would be legal for me to be on my phone. And he listed a few reasons, like typing in GPS, there's a few reasons why you can use your phone. I said, okay. I said, why was I on my phone? Dead silence. The judge looked at the um, DA angrily. DA looked back at the judge angrily. Did you ask? I said, did you ask me why I was on my phone? I did not. You just assumed that I was not on my phone, that I was texting. Yeah. Is it reasonable to think I wasn't texting? No answer. Judge, I have no further questions. The DA counters. When someone says they're on their phone, what do you think they're doing? The cop sort of stammers over. He says, I think they're on their phone. Uh, think they're uh, texting or talking on the telephone. Okay. Um, my turn again. Let me ask you a question. If I were on Bluetooth on the phone, I saw I was on the, I was on the phone and I was talking over my Bluetooth, which I was, um, would, um, would that be illegal? No. Is it reasonable for someone to say they'd be on the phone and be talking on their Bluetooth? Yes. No further questions. The judge says, I'm going to find you guilty. <laughs> no explanation, no anything. Just, I'm going to find you guilty. It'll be a $200 fine. You can, you got 14 days to appeal it. Of course, I'm appealing it. I'll win. Municipal judges are there to raise money. Most, most of them will tell you. I remember a long time ago, many years ago, I was in court, probably on a speeding ticket, something, I don't know, maybe a public intoxication, some other bullshit. 20 years ago, in Bessemer, Alabama, and the judge says um, to someone else, not me, um, somebody who didn't have the money to pay their fine. He said, well, I can put you in jail until your family can raise the money to pay the fine. And um, he said, my job here is to raise money for the city of Bessemer. That always stuck with me. I don't know how it works in, um, in Big South. I lived in L.A. for 10 years, but I, I don't know how it works out there. I, I, I imagine L.A. judges, municipal judges are elected, but... In small towns in Alabama, they're appointed by the town council to specifically raise money, not to provide justice. Um, they don't care about innocence. They do not care about innocence. Their job is to raise money for the state. And that's a problem. That's a big, big problem. That's not, um, there's no, it's unconstitutional, of course. It's immoral. No one should have the title of judge <laughs> but at least they're honest about it, man. At least they're more honest about it. It kind of goes that way through all the levels. And another, so you'll go get your lawyer, right? Most of the lawyers and the DAs and the judges, they're all in it together, man. So the, the lawyer will tell you, the defense attorney, they'll tell you, oh, when you're there for the consultation, oh, you've got a great case. We're going to take this all the way to trial. We're going to punish them. We're going to get this thrown out. Just give me X hundred dollars. You give them X hundred dollars, it comes time for your first court date, you walk in thinking you're going to fight something. Well, after looking at the evidence and talking to the, the DA, I think you really should take this deal. And they put it together and everybody wins but the citizen. Everybody, the DA um, gets a conviction. The, um, the attorney, the defense attorney lowers your original charge and um, gets money. The judge doesn't have to face any scrutiny, doesn't have to make any, everybody just, except for the citizen, man. It's a, it's a very corrupt, corrupt system. And so 
that leads me into the next topic, and that's Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, in a lot of ways, is a uh, uh, starting to warm up out here now, man. It was a, um, it was a. Uh, I'm out on my tractor. If you can't tell, eleven. I don't know if the goats. Yeah, see the goat. I don't know if you can see them goats back there, looking for um, looking for some cows to harass, some chaos to cause. That goat's a hero. He is a. Um, one day I'm going to devote a whole episode just so you guys can know how damn it's cool. just so you guys can know how crazy that goat is. But um, anyway, so Ron DeSantis is far and away better than Joe Biden, far and away better than Donald Trump. That's not going to be the question here. He's um, an intelligent person who can't be attacked as being unserious. So. And he has some concept of liberty, and his Ron DeSantis is sort of the bridge to everything here, and I have to figure out how to get back to him, because his fight against COVID mandates, in a lot of ways, make uh, are, are brilliant and and needed and perfect, you know, especially against the state, against the school boards, against things like that. He's very, even Bill Maher said, he's very well-read and very educated on the subject. He's not just talking out his ass. He's saying things. He's following the science. And that makes him a really hard, difficult person for the left to uh, to fight. So they keep throwing up numbers. And then the numbers, when the numbers are in their favor, you know, they're, they're you're inundated with them. When the numbers are what they are now in Florida, has the lowest in the nation, it's death, uh, deathly quiet. You don't hear a word. So I like the dude. I do. I want to like him a lot. But this is something that he's still part of the system. I like Tucker Carlson. I hate to admit it. I do. I like Tucker Carlson. He's right on so many things. But it's like they have, there's this coordinated effort to take libertarian thought, throw it out in a, in a republicanized, whitewashed message, but then somehow we have to wrap our arms around the police and bring them in. Like it can't be, there's, no, there's nobody of note, no big mainstream person, it, it, like, Ron DeSantis is begging the NY, begging all the police to come to Florida. For some reason, they don't have enough police. He needs all of New York's police and Minnesota's police, and he's catering to the uh, back the blue crowd. I get it, but that's a problem. I, it, I'm not a voter. I'm an anarchist. But if I were going to vote for um, Ron DeSantis, I couldn't do it because of his back the blue stance. And we can't back the blue. The police do need to be defunded. What does it mean to defund the police? When are they saying they want to take all the money away so there is no police? That's what I want, but that's not what they're saying. Do the police need to be a military? I mean, does the new NYPD need a billion dollar budget? A billion? No police force should do it. What police should do, and how often do they do it? This is the problem. If, oh, 
Well, who are you going to call when you get attacked? Well, who the fuck's attacking you in the first place? And if they were attacking you, you're not calling the police until it's done. And then when it's done, they're not going to do anything. Police almost never stop or even solve crimes. What police do is raise money and harass people like me to go and give the um, municipality money so they can build big, huge cathedrals for the state to come worship in, for the city councils to pat themselves on the back and say, look how we've grown this city and expand the power. So, yeah, no, I mean, if cops were out arresting people who hurt people, if that was what they did, if they were out stopping and preventing crime, actual crime, not not victimless crimes, not people smoking dope. Not I don't smoke dope. I'm an, I'm an alcoholic. I haven't had a drink in eight months, and I haven't had drugs ever. I mean, in my life I've had drugs, but I've never been my thing. I don't love drugs. I've never liked I mean, it's not my, I'm not, I have no personal gain by ending the drug war, except for I love liberty. And um, anyway, if cops were out, stopping people from being raped, stopping people from being murdered, stopping children from being molested. If they were doing those things, I'm, I'm, fuck, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an anarchist, but I, I support people not getting hurt. That's not what they're doing. And how much money do they need just to do those things? The reason the police need to be defunded is because of all the extracurricular shit they're doing. And that's where people like DeSantis, people like Tucker Carlson. That's where even Kennedy, man, she's so good on everything. But she's always, I guess it's a Fox News thing. They're just, um, we can't back the blue. We can back the blue to scale. I want no state, but where we are is where we are. We can back the blue to scale down to, um, they need to be defunded. They don't know, it, it, there shouldn't, they shouldn't have tanks. You know, uh, they shouldn't have drones. Those things shouldn't exist for a police department. We shouldn't fear the police. Normal people shouldn't have to worry if police are going to come and enforce COVID, uh, vaccine mandates, if the police are going to come and enforce uh, anti-2A and take our guns. So we shouldn't have to worry about that. The police should be, have to worry about us. They should have to... They have a publicity campaign that gets people excited about them, makes this a divisive topic, but it shouldn't be a divisive topic. If the cops did what they should do and arrested people who were bad and left everybody else alone, who would bitch about it? Who could be taken seriously? So until they earn public trust, they should have to justify their job always, forever in history. They should have to justify, if you hire another cop, you should have to justify every single hire. You know, the city of Alabaster maybe needs seven cops, not 150 or 200, how many ever they have. It's ridiculous, a huge fucking police force. Um, but they're not there to ensure public safety. They're there to raise money for the city. The DA the public defenders, they're there to raise money for the city. The judge is there to raise money for the city. And that's a system that needs to be changed. That's a system that needs to be changed right away. You shouldn't have judges appointed that have the authority to incarcerate people. 
they should be elected. They shouldn't be there, but they should be elected. They shouldn't. They shouldn't be appointed by some town council. They're all in it together, and it's not. Um, it's not appropriate. It's not right. Anyway, so that's my issue with um, with DeSantis, and um, my other issue with DeSantis is uh, he's great on COVID and that, and banning. Um, school boards from doing vaccine mandates and mask mandates and those sort of things. This is where libertarians get real divided on is his stance on um, making it illegal for private businesses to do that. So I've seen a lot of libertarians lately. A lot. Um, back in the government. Saying this issue is too big. I saw someone yesterday mockingly say they could be farming us all out and everybody would say, well, it's private business, bro. It's a private business, bro. It's private business, bro. Either private property means something or it doesn't. You either have moral integrity or you don't. You can't say, I'm for... You can't tell me I have to do business with you. You can't tell me how to do my business and then say... And you can't tell me that you shouldn't be able to tell me how to do my business unless it's something you agree with. We can't be that. We have to be consistent. So, I mean, obviously most of you know who DeSantis is anyway. It's not like I've been a bunch of libertarians, but they are a bunch that really are secretly pushing him. And um, it's these two things that are really, you know, I mean, would he be a better president than Joe Biden or Donald Trump? I mean, that goat would also that goat would be a better president than all of us but I mean that's a low bar we've got to be better than Joe Biden who doesn't know where he is on any given day and what day that is or Donald Trump who's just an egomaniac and a, you know he would be yeah DeSantis would be better than, than what we have but that's that's not that's such a low bar that shouldn't be what libertarians are getting excited about now, private property rules. Private property is a, a private business is a um, it's complicated. It's not as simple as I would like it to be, because we have to define private business. Is Ford a private company? I don't know. I don't know that anymore. It used to be so straightforward to me. I know that if I own a business, I do own a business. My business is Business Process Solutions. I. Um, I help small business owners take credit cards, uh, help small business owners with marketing, help small business owners with payroll processing. If you own a small business, then you should contact me. I can save you a lot of money. I can really help you out. If I don't want to deal with people who haven't had their vaccine, I haven't had my vaccine. I'll never have it. Um, I'll never have it because they've made too much of an issue. That's a different story. But if I don't want to deal with people who have had their vaccine or haven't, that's for me to decide and the market to decide. The market will put me out of business or it won't. That's not for you to decide. You can't tell me. And if I don't want to hire somebody who has or hadn't had a vaccine, you don't get to tell me that I have to or I can't. You don't get to make that decision for me and call yourself a member of the liberty movement. It's that, yeah, it's a big deal. What's going on is a big deal. And private businesses that are doing what the government wants them to do, they have the right to do it, man. It sucks. So how do you beat that? You don't do business with them. Let the free market work. To say that 
this issue is too big. You can't advocate the free market, advocate the free market, advocate the free market, and then say, well, the free market won't work on this issue. The free market works or the free market doesn't work. Let the free market work. Back to what I was saying, though, is Ford a private business? It's, it's GM, GM who took all the bailout money. Are they a private business? I don't know about that. If a company takes federal money, I think they're, they're fair game. So I do think it's complicated, but you need to be real, real careful in the messaging. So if you say no company that is taking government money, public money, your money, that was once your money that has been stolen from you by the government and given to the, in the name of corporatism, given to these corporations, that they shouldn't have the right to tell, um, to say to any individual, I'm not going to do business with you. I can agree with that. I can get that behind it because there's some logic in it because the government's paying them. If the government's paying them with your money, they don't get to tell you you can't work there unless you do this or you can't. I, I agree with that, but we have to we have to show the difference. We have to show the difference. Private property still has to matter. Private business transactions still have to matter. If they don't, here's what happens. The other side will use it as precedent. It doesn't mor morally, it doesn't matter. Morally, you don't have a right to tell me who I can do business with. But the argument's always the same. It's the same past that past the moral argument. If they don't, if the government can tell people who they have to do business with, the government can always tell people who they have to do business with and who they can't do business with. That's just so dangerous for so many reasons, that um, so many more reasons than I need to, um, I don't need to explain it. Tyrone Jackson here says, unless we put medical freedom into the Constitution, the time will come when medicine will organize into an undercover dictatorship. In a free society, that was a quote by Dr. Benjamin Rush. In a free society, the state does not administer the affair of men. It administers justice among men who conduct their own affairs. Walter Lippmann and I agree with that completely. I agree with that um, a lot. I don't agree with the existence of a state, but I agree with the point there, Tyrone. Um, the problem with the Constitution being that put it, Making something constitutional or unconstitutional hasn't mattered in 150 years. So the point is correct and it should be right, but um, I, I think we're past the, the constitutional mattering anymore. I don't, what do we have that is constitutional? So I want to move back to Alabama just a little bit. And Alabama has. I want to focus a lot more on Alabama politics because I'm in Alabama and um, I don't think enough people stay local. I think so many people, everybody loves the federal politics, even the people that hate the federal government. That's, that's where we, the only way we're going to take back 
true liberty is locally. Lo- lower than the state level. Um, state level politics is too big. It's community politics. But I want to I want to start being real focused on um, state politics. And my God, we got a lot to focus on here in Alabama. We're bad. We're California. Polar opposite. Exact. We are a mirror of California. We're the other side. So California will do anything for uh, to keep Nancy Pelosi and that ilk in power. And we'll do the same thing for Richard Shelby. I mean, we elected Tommy, Tommy Tuberville. And our governors are uh, usually in prison after either during their term or after their term. But we keep elected. We would elect Roy Moore. We, they, I don't. But um, this new governor, she just... She recently did the um, the no mandate executive order, which is good. I, I appreciate her on that. I'm sure, but she her language before that said this was a um, um, <clears throat> a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So she's she's got some issues. She's not doing what she wanted to do with that. She's doing what she was told to do. Now, though, the big deal is the prisons. So, several months ago, she halted the federal unemployment to unemployed citizens of Alabama, the COVID relief fund. Whatever you want to say about that, my belief on that is uh, they stole the money from us to begin with. They stole the money from the individual to begin with. Every individual should get back as much of that money as they possibly can in any way that they possibly can. I have no problem with anybody taking money from the government. Um, it was your money. The government shouldn't steal your money. You should get it back. So do I think it's sound economics? No. I mean, obviously it's not. That's why we're in hyperinflation because of all those. I don't, I'm not defending a welfare state. I'm defending the right of an individual to take back what's his. They are two different things. You, To me, that's a very morally and logically consistent argument. But no matter how you feel about about the unemployment packages, this is what she did. She took. She stopped that money for no real reason. Alabama had the uh, lowest unemployment rate in the country, or one of. I'm not. I shouldn't say that exactly. I'm almost positive that's right. But if it wasn't the lowest, it was one of the lowest. We didn't have the labor shortages. It wasn't an issue. Um, people in Alabama were working because they wanted to work, and so the people who were on employment were probably the people who needed it. And there was money that was coming back into the state. It should have, um, I've actually seen a lot of the labor shortages go up a lot more since the unemployment stopped here in Alabama. So, but anyway, she stopped that because it was a Republican thing to do. That's the only reason she did it. She stopped it because it was the Republican stance and she followed suit of Christy Nome and some others. And I like Nome. She's pretty, but she's just, she's a hypocrite also. Anyway, it doesn't matter about Christy Nome. I'm not getting into her. She, um, Alabama's governor did what she did. And then she recently robbed the COVID relief fund, the federal money, to push through this prison bill that she has been pushing since she's been there. She's wanted to build new prisons, bigger prisons with thousands more beds. I mean, really, that's her whole thing is to build more prisons. I would have preferred to seen that money that was already administered of course I would have preferred, sent to every individual in the state of Alabama. I don't believe in welfare. I don't believe in these things. That money was already there. It was already spent. It was already printed. It was already gone. Might as well have sent it to the people. She built more prisons. Prisons where they're not wanted. 
maybe 20 miles from me in Briarfield. I live in Montevallo, Alabama. Briarfield is a nice rural community. There's a state park there. It's a, uh, it's a pretty little area. Nobody there wants a prison built. There's a big thing. We don't want a prison built here. She knocked the walls down with an iron fist and said, we're building a prison here. What's scary about that, though, instead of the problem, the reason she's building more prisons is because the prisons are overcrowded. The prisons are overcrowded because they're filled with nonviolent offenders. Instead of addressing the issue, instead of saying, let's quit arresting people who don't cause problems, she says, let's arrest more of them. Let's put more beds so we can get more of them. Free labor for the state, fines, money. It's a racket. It's a racket that needs to be exposed and people need, especially in Alabama. Where I live in Montevallo and all of this whole county, Shelby County, our sales tax rate is as high as it is in, uh, in Los Angeles, California. We're a red county in a red state. And our sales tax rate here in Montevallo exactly is 10%, 11%. No, it's 10. 10%. It's 9% in most of the surrounding towns. We're a college town. People like to blame the, uh, the hippies for the tax rate here. But all the towns surrounding us, they're not college. They're not hippies. They're, even Montevallo is a deep red town. The hippies, the kids, they don't live here. They just go to school here. But... Helena, Pelham, the surrounding towns, 10%, 9%, the same as Los Angeles, California. It's absurd. The zoning laws are outrageous. In Alabaster, the same, the same city I was going to, uh, I was in court in, at the beginning of this conversation. I wanted to open a motorcycle dealership, and there was a old car dealership, an old used car dealership that would have been perfect for it. It had been vacant for uh, over a year, and so I called the owner, and I set up a great mutually beneficial agreement for me to uh, lease that building. It would have allowed me to pay little up front until business started rolling in and paid a lot more at the end. It would have been great for him, great for me. It had been a car lot for 30 years. It had always been a car dealership. This was about two years ago. It had been on the market a year. I found out why it had been on the market a year. The city of Alabaster will not allow me to put a motorcycle dealership in that building. It has to be. They want to zone it the medicine, the medical mile, because there's a hospital across the street. Three years now, that building has been sitting empty. I could have been making money. The owner of the building could have been making money. The city could have been stealing from us with tax revenue. It's a Republican city telling me I can't operate a legitimate business. I didn't want to open a whorehouse on their business, but I didn't want to open a, a massage parlor. I wanted to open a, a shop that worked on motorcycles and um, ATVs and UTVs and sold them. And I couldn't do it in a, in a building that that's all that had ever, cars, not motor, but that's all that had ever been done. It was a dealership. It had always been a dealership. Still sitting there empty. This is Alabama. This is Alabama. It's, 
the exact same thing you get from the Democrats in California, the exact same things you get from the Democrats in New York City. So why are we electing Republicans and Democrats? Do people even know, though? Do you know who your uh, mayor is? Do you know who your town council is? We don't care about local politics because we're... Um, It's not on the news. We're inundated with federal politics. We're giving the president all this power like he's a king. Congress, you know, that's what we watch. That's what's sexy. That's who we fight with. But until we take back our, until we know who we're sending to our, until politics is local, we're prisoners. We'll always be prisoners. I wanted to get into a little bit of the, uh, well, I'm not even going to top on it. I've been taking up enough of you guys' time. I uh, I enjoy doing this outside in the sunshine on the tractor today, and uh, I guess I need to actually get up and uh, do some work. But I want to, uh, hey, thank you for watching me, and uh, thanks for contributing on the chat, and I hope you'll come back next time around. And, um, I'm going to try to do this every day, so I hope you'll be here tomorrow. Guys, if um, anything you want to talk about, shoot me an email. I've got some partners that I would like for you to do business with if you get the chance. Uh, obviously, me at Business Process Solutions. You can find me at businessprocesssolutions.net. Uh, also, check me out um, on uh, the seditionpapers.substack.com. And, uh, of course, I'm on Facebook as Mike Shader. I'm on Twitter as CSA Wordsmith. And, um, you know, I'm, if you're on here, we're probably already friends, so let's be friends. If uh, there's anything you guys want to talk about next time, let me know. We'll talk about that. And um, so Business Process Solutions, I want you to, um, you know, if you need any remodeling done, any, any kind of remodeling work, any kind of type of construction work, tradecraft constructions, you can find them on Facebook. If you have any outdoor landscaping needs, look up Alabama Tree and Land Care. Um, if you um, Iron City Plumbing for all your plumbing needs, and um, one thing, last thing, I've I started a charity recently, the Libertarian Charitable Association of Alabama. This is important to me. TLC Alabama, the Libertarian Charitable Association of Alabama. You can find us at tlcalabama.com. Also on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Libertarian Charitable Association of Alabama. If you have, if you can donate, donate time, money, whatever you can. So this is uh, volunteerism in action. This is uh, me putting my money where my mouth is. This is me saying, okay, uh, I want a stateless society. This is how I'm trying to get a stateless society. I think um, a lot of the, uh, a lot of things that scare people about limiting the government is what's going to happen to the people in need. And we can educate them. We can say this is what used to happen to the people in need, but the state has taken over that role. And people don't have to think about it anymore. So there will still be people in need. There is no utopia. It's the right thing to do to help people anyway. So if you can, I, I appreciate it. But uh, besides it being the right thing to do, it's what I feel like I have to do. So the way the the way it works the way it works is I am raising money right now through December fifteenth just for general infrastructure and that will go towards the power bill uh, 
of just rural elderly people who uh, it gets cold here and a lot of people get their uh, don't know how they're going to pay their heating bill and uh, a lot of people aren't there to aren't there to help the the old people who are cold and so so that's what I'm I'm driving towards from now until December 15th after December 15th the website will have a list of January through December and it'll be a call a different call each month in January, I may drive, do a coat drive or a food drive. In February, I may do a jury nullification education drive. So it's going to be some politics involved. It's going to be mostly in the springtime. Uh, in the summertime, I'm going to try to get out and help um, and get some volunteers together and get some equipment together to do some yard work to keep the snakes and the bugs and everything from, again, these same elderly people. The elderly people, um, it's not going to be, it's not about me, so it's not just a... Um, um, you know, there's going, to, there's going to be a lot of, uh, in the summertime, I'll probably do a food drive for the, the children who aren't in school to get lunch in school anymore, who are used to eating, who are poor, and have to eat at lunch. And so that's a burden on a lot of them. A lot of things like that I'll be doing. But it'll be a different thing each month. Now, if you, let's say, your pet issue is the food drive, and my food drive is scheduled for May, you can contribute to May. That's what makes me different than the government. You can go and click on the link in May. Not yet. It'll be up by January. But you can go click on the link in May. You can see how much money has been raised for that. None of it will – I'll spend that money in January and whenever as it's spent. I'll spend it each month or I may wait to May and spend it all in May. But you don't have to wait to May to contribute. And it will go exactly towards the charity you want it to go to or the cause you want it to go to. So, again, for the next couple of weeks, um, next about a month and a half, I'll be raising money uh, basically just to get the word out, to get the Internet, to get the website um, to people and to um, – help keep old people warm in the wintertime. That's basically what I'm doing from now until December 15th. So if you can donate some money, donate some money. I don't care how much. If you can donate some time, donate some time. If you can donate some clothes, donate some clothes. If you can donate um, some words and spread the word, spread the word. If you can't donate nothing, don't donate nothing. But uh, I appreciate you guys listening to me, and I'll see you again tomorrow in Liberty.